Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Systemize Your Life podcast. Today, I am bringing you a really, really fun topic that I know you're going to love. I've had a couple moms be like, hey, how in the world do you get your kids to actually pick up after themselves? How in the world do you keep your kids from making your house a complete and utter disaster? I get questions like that from time to time. And I'm telling you, it all starts with the foundation that we're going to talk about today, how to teach your kids to be organizers instead of hoarders. This is just going to be one super small step that you're going to be able to really get a huge win out of just from this one episode. So please get out your pad of paper and your pen or your notes app because I'm going to be walking you through our system that we use in our home for organizing and the main times of year that we actually do this like big act of organizing in our kids' rooms and in all of their toys. Plus, I'm going to be sharing the real reasons why I think that you are not teaching your kids how to organize, which is going to be really fun to talk about. I'm going to call you out on a few things. And I'm breaking down how I've transitioned my kids off of this real trendy, cultural, Americanized way of living with lots and lots and lots of things to having very few. Um, We're not a hardcore minimalist family we're totally not. But I've come a long, long way with my kiddos. And I'm super excited to tell you how I went from my kids having all the things, all the things, all the things down to having very, very few because I believe that is absolutely possible for you and for your kiddos too, no matter what your starting point is. So what do you say? Let's dive into today's episode. Systemize your life with Chelsea Joe. That's me, and this is a podcast for modern women who are eager to live with more meaning and less overwhelm. We're about to tap into some fiercely meaningful relationships, bang in organization and time management strategies, and a rock-solid plan for our personal well-being with functional systems to those problems we all go through. Girl, if you feel like you're watching life go by from a window on the Hot Mess Express, Then it's time to roll up your sleeves, dig in, and get your life out of the chaos and into confidence. I'm super undecided on what part of this episode I want to start with first. (laughs) So let's just do life by the seat of our pants and... I think I'm going to start with my number two section as my one number one section today. <gasps> Look at me. Look at me living life on the edge, ladies. Okay, so let's talk about just this whole idea of how to teach your kids to be organizers instead of hoarders. And no, not all of your kids are going to be hoarders per se. Like my kids aren't hoarders, but I have one, Frankie Joe. She could definitely be a hoarder if she wanted to be. She loves to collect collect things and everything's very sentimental to her, sentimental to her. Um, And it just was becoming a problem (laughs) quickly at a very young age. And I preach 
And I feel very strongly about having fewer things in our homes so that we can keep up on the chaos and the mess, you know. And with our kids, it's the same. One of the biggest problem areas for a lot of families is the kids' bedrooms. And with a lot of the moms that I coach, they end up just cleaning their kids' bedrooms on their own. And and we do. Obviously, we help. But our kids are always present and working when we're cleaning. It's a, it's a joint effort. And that will be a very gradual release of responsibility as they grow. Frankie, um, our nine-year-old, she's pretty good at it now. She can almost clean and organize her entire bedroom. And actually, she has two houses. She has a house here with us and she has a house... Um, with her other dad and she's organized her whole bedroom over there because she's learned the skills from here and how to do it and she got so excited she sent me little pictures and videos of it she was so stinking proud and of course I'm over here like mama organizing course creator like crying (laughs) so proud you know um but she's really come a long way to knowing how to purge her items Bailey is not showing any of those signs. Like when Frankie was really little, she would save candy wrappers and she'd like collect them, you know, like she'd have a collection of candy wrappers and she'd have, she still has the rock collection. The rock collection is like diehard. But I had one of those too when I was a little girl, which is funny. So I probably encouraged it at some point, you know, and she'd have like just like collections of everything that you could think of from like little baby things and every toy right like every different kind of toy from like the calico critters she had all of those and all the barbie dolls and all the legos the big chunky ones and the regular ones and all the building blocks and and literally like a collection of slime and a collection of art stuff and a collection of like literally everything you could think of there was just so much And so I began teaching her how to do this. And I vividly remember the first time (laughs) teaching her this process and feeling like I was failing as a mother or I was cheating or like betraying my children because I was teaching her to get rid of things that she was telling me were important to her. And I made a conscious effort to change the way that she attached herself to items from a very early age because my family typically most members of my family my grandma my mom my brother not so much my dad a little bit but most most immediate members of my family keep like everything you know and I grew up doing the same thing and then a it became really hard to move all the time and so I constantly was just like leaving things behind and purging them to make it easier to move. And then it also just became as a wife and a mom uh, and and the keeper of the house, it became very, very hard to keep things in order. And I didn't want her to have to grow up that way. You know, I didn't want her to attach herself to things, but rather the type of space that she was creating for herself. And, And I wanted that to be something that she started in her own space in her own bedroom from a really early age. And and I do the same thing with Bailey, but she is, she's not the kiddo that's like, yeah, give me all the things. She lets go of things rather quickly and moves on to the next thing rather quickly. Frankie, you know, that's just the difference in their personalities. And you'll see that too in your own kids. But 
so I, um, I started this kind of organizing system of sorts with them and we do this multiple times a year. So basically what it looks like is kind of the same thing that I teach inside of the Academy for organizing your own home, but I just brought my kids into it like wholeheartedly have brought Frankie Joe into it and Bailey too. <clears throat> but we would just go into her room and pick a certain drawer, right? We, you don't, you can't tackle the whole entire thing, especially if they're really young. I'd say Bailey, I mean, Frankie was probably like four and five when I started the process with her um, and, and have been doing it ever since six, seven, eight, nine, like she became super proficient at an early age at knowing how to weed through things instead of hoarding them and holding on to them. And I used Christmas. So that's a big time of year that I always do this. And I would give incentive for them getting rid of things. What was happening is I was running into issues where Lots of new things were coming into the house. So around birthdays and around Christmas, right, we get an influx of toys and things and stuff in the the girls' bedrooms. And for a while, for five years, it was just Frankie. And so she really caught lots of things because she didn't have a sibling to to share with. And people only had to buy for her. So... I would take her into her bedroom and I'd say, okay, like we'd open up her closet where she keeps all of her toys. And I'd say, hey, look, like you're full to the max in here and there's not going to be any way to fit any new toys in this space. And we don't just keep toys on the floor. This is where we keep toys. So if you want new things to come in, you're going to have to find some old things that you're willing to get rid of. And so I'd get a few things out and I'd tell her, like, if you haven't played with it and it doesn't make you super happy and you're not excited to sit down and play with it and you can't wait to play with it again, then that might be something that someone else would really love and we can donate it. And so I'd make, I'd get a big box and we'd make a pile and she'd start putting things in there and I would walk her through item by item as quickly as I could get her to go through it because she would instantly attach feeling and emotion and memory and and she would project fun onto this item that she hadn't had in a very, very long time because it's been stuffed away. And so that was the other thing that I told her. Like you have so much stuff in here right now that you don't even know what you have and you're not playing with any of it at all. Wouldn't it be so fun if you had like you knew exactly what you had to play with and you had really fun ideas for these things and you actually got to play with them instead of just playing with this one thing that sits over here all the time. And we had a lot of conversations like that and it started slow and we'd have to compromise. I'd be like, oh my gosh, you never play this. And she's like, that's my favorite. Okay, we'll make a pile of your favorites and we'll make a pile of your Mm, it's not my favorite, but I don't know if I want to get rid of it just yet. And she would say that a lot just yet. And we would use that because what came to be is that the next time that we went through this, that just yet turned into a meh, I don't want it. And for kids, you know, like, I don't want to push them through this process, because I think that you can push them to the other end of like, 
like the the backslide of that, right? Like the negative side of that and the other end of what this looks like is them growing up and feeling like their mom never let them keep things that were important to them. And I think that those can turn into some negative habits. So I, I want to really encourage you to let these your kiddos make these decisions on their own and just guide them through the process. One of the most important things that you can do here is make sure that you do have a space or a structure established where the toys are going to live. We use anything and everything. I buy toy cubbies. I've bought the hanging toy bins that hang from the um, clothing like rod in the closet. We've used dresser drawers. We've used like stackables just to make sure that you have a designated space for toys and inside of those large compartments inside of the drawers or the shelving make sure that you're providing some kind of segmentation forever and even still in Frankie's room we use cardboard boxes old Kleenex boxes old shoe boxes your kiddos shoes that they come in when they're really little are ideal because they're tiny shoe boxes and you don't have to pay for them. Even though the dollar store is amazing, you can go to the dollar store and get some. For me, I liked using the boxes that I had on hand because A, it helped reduce waste. B, it saved us money, even if it was just a couple dollars, but it's never a couple dollars to go in a dollar store and I find like 800 things I need. And they're like, oh yeah, your total is $45. I'm like, did I just buy 45 things? (laughs) what is happening? Um, And then there was a third thing. Um, Oh, that you can make adjustments when needed. So if that specific set, like, say you have two different like shoe containers in there, cardboard ones, you know, and you think that it's going to work really well for that space. And then you realize that it's not working at all. It's super easy to get rid of it and pop a new one in there when you were like, oh, whatever. It was just a shoebox. It's 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 super easy. And for me, I feel like that's the best place to start when you're just starting this. When you're still trying to figure out your space and what works best in that area, just go with go with something that you already have on hand and don't make it complicated, right? Um, and so that's what I want you to do. I want you to go in and I want you to assess your space and look at what kind of structures that you have in place right now to house all of their things, their toys, their books, their shoes, all that kind of stuff. Everything should have its own compartment and its own bin. All of the Shopkins need to be in their own bin. All of the toy cars need to be in its own bin. All of the little teeny tiny like action figurines need to be in its own bin. All the trains, all the trucks, all the blocks, all the puzzles. They they should not be living in the same space with each other ever. And if they are, they need to be separated. So when we have certain things that I think could all fit in one bin together, I'll separate them. Like I take a piece of cardboard that fits from left to right and I duct tape it so it becomes a divider. So this big bin now became two or I use Ziploc bags if I have the gallon ones on hand, which I typically don't. But for puzzles and things like that, I bought a, a like a box of large quart and gallon bound gallon baggies for um for organizing like little things inside of larger 
containers or, or compartments. Okay, so the main times of year, I already kind of alluded to it, that we do this is just before Christmas and just before birthdays. Those are the two big times when we go in and we purge and we make sure that there aren't random things being stuffed in random places. Now, we have gotten much better about maintaining a clean, organized, purged space. Used to, it would be like clean out, purge again, clean out, purge again, clean out, purge again. And I think that 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 happens, you know, and until you understand and your kiddos understand what it is that they really like and what they want to keep and you know what they love, sometimes that happens. And and that's okay, in my opinion, in my humble opinion. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't want to control my children's environment so much that it's so stale because I have to live in a minimalist environment in order for my house to look pristine. Would I love that? I would. But I also want my kids to have the freedom to explore different items and toys that they think that they might love, even if it's like their art projects. So Frankie has this one space in her closet. It's like the art side of her closet. And all of her art supplies are there. And and she loves to collect different shapes of cardboard, toilet paper tubes, different boxes that come from Amazon, different cereal boxes, anything that's made of all different kinds of cardboard. And we did, we made a village out of it at one point. And the village is still there, but she loves to craft things. And so what I did with that collection that was literally spewing out of the closet was I set up a specific basket and I tell her now, If that basket is full, you can't add anything else to it. You're either going to have to take something out in order to put something in, or you're going to have to make something with all of that stuff that you're collecting because this isn't hoarding. It's intentional collecting for a purpose. And that has made a huge, huge difference. Same thing with her like sentimental items, things that are really special to her. I gave her a box that she can keep sentimental items in. And once it fills up, she's got to look back through there and think, are these things really that precious to me? If they all are, well, maybe we can get another box. If you're willing in this drawer where you keep your sentimental box to get rid of some toys that are in there. Okay, we can talk about that. And I'm, I'm teaching her what this looks like especially when you live in small spaces, especially when you live in a house where you're sharing it with other people. It's really easy when you live alone, you have an entire house, just keep whatever you want, right? But that's not the life that I hope that my children live. And so I definitely haven't been teaching that to Frankie at all. And with Bailey, for your super young, super, super young kiddos, sometimes I will say that I did the purging when they're not home especially with Frankie when she was little and a little bit of Bailey. Well, what are you doing with that? No, I love that. Right. And then once I went through and I got rid of the things that I know for a fact, A, they don't even remember they have it. And if they did, they play with it one time. They're never going to play with it again. Right. I would get rid of those things, but I would never get rid of things that I didn't have an attachment to that I knew that they did. I would leave those for them. And with the littlest ones, I'd say, oh my goodness, look at all these stuffed animals that we have. I always turn it right back around to donations to other kiddos, to other families that would love to have them and say, hey, I know you really want to keep all of these, but they don't all fit 
right here. So can you pick two or three that you don't want to keep anymore and go put them over in that bin over there? And we're going to give them to another little girl that really, really, really wants to have a couple stuffed animals to love. And my kids have never had an issue doing that, like ever. If they do, tell them to pick one. Can you find just one that we can get rid of and do that every week? Do it often so they get in the habit of seeing what it feels like to get rid of things and that it's not the end of the world, right? So <clears throat> that that's the system, right? That is That's the process of how I've been doing this. And it truly is how I got my kids to stop having so many things, you know, like I think a lot of that comes from us as parents. And this is that fun little like controversial part that I told you I was going to talk about that I, I said, oh, this is going to be fun. Um, because I think it's hard for you to be able to instruct your kids to do a certain thing that you're not willing to do yourself or you don't even know how to do yourself. And I think you guys can learn together. You know, I don't think that you need to be a professional at this, but I think that it does make it really, really hard for you to go into your children's bedroom and get rid of things that you have personally grown attached to. And let me give you some really good examples of what this looks like. There are certain things that my kiddos had that maybe I had when I was little because my mom saved and collected all the things. And I do appreciate that now. But at some point, we have to stop collecting all the things from all the babies from all the generations. I mean, the elastic is plumb just gone in all of the bloomers that my mom saved. All of my first pair of ruffle panties that I ever had, my mom saved them. But my kids can't wear them. They can't. And so now I have to make a decision. And I did. I have one tote of things that I'm keeping that I absolutely love that were my girls when they were babies. And once it gets filled up, then I have to decide if I want to add something new to it. I got to find something to take out of it. And I'm not going to get another bin. Now, as my kids grow through each season, maybe I'll have a couple bins for each stage or phase in their life or season in their life. <clears throat> But if you're not doing that for yourself, it's really hard for you to help your kids do that. And I really, I need you to know that the time and energy that it takes to do this with your children is going to make it a million times easier for you to keep a clean house. And so as daunting as it seems to go into one of your kids' bedrooms and go through the fight in air quotes, right? Choose to go through this battle with them most of you are avoiding that like the black plague and I'm going to tell you to stop right now. I want you to pick a date, put it on your calendar, go in there, don't come out until it's done, put fun music on, have snacks prepared, know that you're going to order dinner out that day and just be in it for the long haul, right? Bring in a trash bag of things that can be thrown away, bring in another bag of things that can go to Goodwill and make your kids set up a, I absolutely love this and I'm not sure if I want to keep this pile. Okay, so they'll have those two piles and help them go through it. Stop avoiding it because you don't know how to talk to your kids about it. Because you're too lazy to get your bum up off the couch and go do it. And it's easier just to shove things in a closet. And then every time you pass by that closet, you feel like, oh, I need to go take care of that. Like, knock it off. Just go in there and get it done. 
and they're going to love spending time with you. All of you that are feeling so guilty about never sitting down and being with your children, go do this. Play I Spy with them when you're doing it. Play matching when you're doing it. If you have older kids and you've never taken the time to sit down and ask them about their favorite things, ask them about what do they think about? What are they dreaming about? If they could if they could write a book, what would they write a book about? If they could visit any country, what country would they visit? Like bring some conversation topics with you. Bring some conversation cards with you into the room. Set up a specific playlist. Like don't make excuses for what this process is supposed to look like. Get into your children's bedroom and get the crap out of their rooms that they never ever play with. And here is the next portion of this. Okay. You get it all out, but how do you keep it from coming back in? How do you make sure that your kids don't constantly have lots of things and move into truly having very little things? Get to know your kids. Get to know what you as their parent see them not only love, but what do you see that they're good at? Because when your children are good at something, they're more inclined to do it more often. And sometimes we self-impose different things on our kids because we want them to like or be good or be creative in such a way that we want for them, but it's not actually who they are. And so I want you to observe your kids. When I sit back and I observe Frankie, she's super creative like insanely creative. And that's just what she wants. So when she sits down and she asks if she can collect all of the umpteen different cardboard containers, I would give anything to throw those things away, right? Like it looks like a hot mess. But I realize that that is something that's helping her flourish. And it gives her a creative outlet. And so we worked together on that. But there are other things that she's just really never going to be all that excited about. Like she really loved to dress up for a little bit and it was fun for her. But Bailey Mae, she like lives and breathes and would die to play dress up. She changes her clothes like 15 times a day. When her clock, her okay to wait clock is yellow in the morning and she's not supposed to come out of her room yet, she gets her princess dresses out and she literally puts them on and prances around her room. She will come into my bedroom at like 6.15 in the morning, 6.30 in the morning, 6.45 in the morning with a pair of fairy wings and a tutu and a magic wand on and her like little princess shoes. I'm not even joking and I just laugh hysterically. Do I want my child playing with all of those Disney princess dress up outfits? No. I would never have let my first child do that. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you know how that goes. And Bailey's obsessed. And I'm like, she's going to be who she's going to be. And I can't control that. Like, I just, I can't control it. And I would absolutely never in a day have a box of crayons in that kid's room. But Frankie's had crayons in her room and markers in her room since she was a peanut. And she's never one time wrote on a wall. Bailey would have her entire bedroom painted purple in a matter of two seconds. (laughs) Right? And so I want you to observe your kids and realize what do they need in their room and make it a super functional space for them. 
Because if you have the toys in there that they love, A, they're going to go in there and they're going to play with them. Get rid of the items that they don't love so that they're not distracted by it. And when you make the space, have compartments that you are constantly encouraging them to put their things back in that space before they get something else out. That is what's going to make them see the benefit of having minimal things instead of having a lot of things. It is so easy for my girls to go in and navigate their space because it's not crowded. And it is extremely true for you too, right? This is a lesson that we want to teach our kids, not because it makes our lives easier, because, but because it's going to make their lives easier when they learn this skill. It's a skill that you're still probably trying to figure out and learn for yourself. So if you haven't learned this already, learn it right alongside them. And I say it's like one small step. <laughs> this podcast is one small step. You can start with a drawer. You can start with a toy bin. You can start with the shoe bin for Pete's sake. Go get rid of all the shoes that they don't wear. I remember feeling like Frankie had to have, and this came from me, feeling like I had to have all the shoes. And I used to get her all the shoes. And then I was like, if you sit back and you watch your kids, they will have like four pairs of shoes that they wear. Maybe they have one. Maybe they have five or six. But they really will not have a lot of shoes that they wear over and over and over again. They are so fine with wearing their most favorite comfortable pair of shoes. And so that's all you need. Get a little basket, put their favorite pairs of shoes in there and get over it. Not all their shoes are going to match all their outfits perfectly. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you guys, I used to be so crazy. Oh my gosh. And the thing is, is that it's just that's the journey, right? That's the journey through parenting that, you know, from one kid to the next, to the next, to the next. And I only have two. I can only imagine what it's like as you gain more and more and more and more, more kiddos to, to have in tow. But it really just becomes obvious that you don't need all of the things and and children don't even want it. And the, the less they have, the more creativity they're able to spark and enjoy in their day. And here's the other fun hack about that. It is so unbelievably easy for me to say, hey, Bailey, go get out your puzzle bin and do puzzles. Boom. I know when she's downstairs and she's feeling bored, or even if you don't have an upstairs downstairs, but they could go to the end of the hall at their bedroom, right? And you can, you know, because it's so simple and they know because it's so simple how to be independent with their play, which is how you carve out time for you to have uninterrupted time during your work block, you just strategically distract them from being bored with certain items in their bedroom that you know they love. I know Bailey loves puzzles. And so when she's having a hard time, hey, B, you want to do your puzzle bin? Awesome. I get the puzzle bin out and she will sit and do puzzles. Hey, B, you want to get your blocks out? She'll sit and do blocks. It's a beautiful thing. Same thing with Frankie Joe. I have, um, like an activity bin inside her closet right next to her art bin. So it's like all of the different things that, you know, those kits when you go to Walmart or Target and it's like, it's the rock painting kit and it's the tie dye shirt kit. And it's like (laughs) the make your own bead bracelet kit, right? She has like 8,000 of those kits because she's my little creative cat. And I'll just be like, Hey, why don't you go pick an activity out of your, your creative bin? Boom. We both know it's there. It's fully stocked and ready to go. She'll go get lost in it, at least for 30 minutes. 
when she was younger, she, I mean, she'd get lost in it for hours now. Um, and now it's like, no, come out of your room. <laughs> you're, you're the little girl in you is it's no, don't, it's not fading, you know? And then I look at Bailey and she's like, up my butt 24 seven, you know, how little kids are. And, you know, I really wasn't planning on talking about this, but I'm going to drop this right here. Cause I think this is something that you all are really going to want to know and are probably going to end up struggling with is how in the world do you keep it this way? And this goes hand in hand. I mean, I kind of touched on it a little bit already, but this goes hand in hand with this topic of why I think you're not doing, why you're not teaching your kids how to do this. A, yeah, it is, it is partially laziness and maybe not just the first um, attempt at it, but knowing that the upkeep feels like it's going to be a battle for you, but it doesn't have to be at all. The number one tip that I can give you after you've organized a space, first and foremost, everything needs to be labeled. I don't care if you use duct tape and a Sharpie or masking tape and a Sharpie, which was my go-to label maker for nearly all my life. (laughs) And even still, I do whip out my label maker, like an old fashioned label maker. Those are so fun and super trendy right now, but I also have a die cut machine that I use. But if you are holding yourself back from doing this because or from labeling because you don't want to get out your Cricut or your die cut machine, like get over it and use masking tape and a Sharpie, okay? And then just peel that bad boy off when it's time to do the next one. Even washi tape can be cute if it's a lighter color and that is easy to remove. If you've got little, little kiddos, they'll peel that off. So use duct tape. (laughs) Um, So that's the first thing. Everything needs to be really, really organized. And here's the other thing that I want you to do. If you care a lot about your success in home and in motherhood and a business, and even as a wife, you're going to want to do this. You're going to want to get your home organized and you're going to want to teach your kids how to do this. And that also means that you're going to have to spend some time in your kids' bedrooms with your kids. You're going to learn, you're going to have to learn the language cues that work for your kiddos, that entice them, that make them excited to work right along with you so that the space stays organized. And so what that looks like is you setting up certain cues throughout the day, which I like to call them tidy cues, where you go into that space and you help them put things back, aka they help you, you help them, right? And over time, it will become them doing it on their own. But it's not going to start out that way. You are going to have to do the work to keep this space organized and well kept. So with your littlest kiddos, what I like to encourage, and this is what I love about Montessori, is using a rug. You can get a super cheap rug from the dollar store, friends. This does not have to be expensive. It's like a mat. You could even use a yoga mat or you can use an actual area rug that you get from anywhere, really. I love the ones at Walmart that are like They're bound around the edges. Super, super cute for little, little kiddos rooms. I got like an actual decorative one for Bailey Mays. It's round. And that is where I encourage my kids to play. And I keep it next to their play area. And every time we get a toy, we go to the center of that mat. Even if it's a super small one from the dollar store, teach them to put their items that they're playing with on the mat. That's where they're keeping them. And then they can play off the mat. But if like, let me give you an example. If you've got a bucket of puzzles, you bring the bucket of puzzles out and you put it on the bit on, on the 
carpet or on the rug, sorry, on their rug, on whatever space, their mat, whatever it is that you're using. And if the mat is too small for them to sit and play on, just put the toys there and then they play around it. When they're done, everything goes back in the bin and the bin gets put away. Okay. So if you teach them to bring all of their things out to a certain space and then tidy up the space and put it back before they move on to something new, guess what kind of mom they're going to grow up to be. They're going to grow up to be the mom that gets all of her scrapbooking stuff out, spreads it all over the kitchen table, picks it all back up and puts it away before she starts cooking dinner. That's the kind of little girl that you're going to raise. And the boys are going to be the same way when they go out and they get their tools before they go out and they do things, or if they get out the cleaning supplies to help clean, to help their wives clean, right? Whenever they go to get all their homework stuff out of their backpack and they spread it all over the kitchen table, Like these are the kinds of things that you have to instill in your children and they're not going to do it on their own. You have to do it with them over and over and over and over again and ask them, hey, and remind them, hey, can you please make sure, hey, as soon as you're done with your blocks, I can't wait to see you put them back in the bin and put them away every single time. Oh, you want to get Legos out? Fun. Oh, you're done building with blocks now and you want to do Legos? Okay, we'll do Legos as soon as we're done picking up our blocks here. It's time to pick up blocks. Like I'm talking all the language cues, all the hand over hand. It's same thing with my nine-year-old. Oh, uh, I see you're outside playing Frankie Joe and there's still schoolwork left all over the table. Can you come inside and clean that up and then you can go back and play? Like I am constantly giving those reminders to my kids because I want them to think of these things themselves when they get older. They're not going to do that unless you start programming them from a very, very young age. And it's constant. Kids are not going to think about these things, but they will once it becomes second nature to them. And the only way it's going to become second nature to them is if you train that in them. Okay? That is all I have for you today. I left you with a lot, a lot more than I thought I would. I don't blame them like, oh my gosh, I got to go record a podcast and I do not know how to keep it short. We're pushing 40 minutes, friends. And as always, it's been so fun hanging out with you from behind my mic. I would love for you to come over inside of the Facebook group, pop in your questions, tell me your thoughts about today's episode. Let's get your kids' bedrooms organized and teach them how to be little mini organizers instead of hoarders. Hey, before you go, if today's episode was meaningful to you, I know it will be for others. So please head over to iTunes, subscribe, then leave a review so more women can join our community too. And did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the women in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of this very podcast, tag me, and post it in your stories. What do you say we make a mighty breadcrumb trail for all the other women around us so we can make a change to the culture of how we care for each other? and ourselves. I'll look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. Until next time on Systemize Your Life with Chelsea Joe.